You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You are listening to episode 25, As Iron Sharpens Iron. Well, today I'm excited to talk about the National Network of Youth Ministries. Uh, I am the area coordinator for the Dallas-Fort Worth area here in North Texas. And my guest uh, is my boss, one of my bosses uh, and supervisors, uh, Kevin Miles. I'll let him introduce himself here shortly. Uh, But we will be talking about how uh, healthy and effective ministry really needs well-maintained boundaries, soul care, professional and personal relationships uh, to be edified both professionally and personally. Uh, That's a theme that I've talked about a lot on here if you've listened to the podcast at all. And so Kevin and I talk about his own journey in youth ministry and characteristics that we would love to see in every American youth ministry namely to increase the tenure of a youth pastor at a church and really how to help youth ministers invest in the next generation for the long term. So let's go ahead and hop into that conversation with Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, man. Uh, For those who don't know you, could you give us a little intro about who you are and what you're currently up to? Yeah, so I've been in uh, youth ministry for about 23 years, serving the local church. Uh, I actually surrendered the ministry when I was a teenager at 15. Uh, took on my first youth minister position in college when I was 19. And uh, man, just had a pastor uh, just kind of take me under his wing and teach me the ropes of ministry. And and uh, anyway, went from there and went to college and seminary and and uh, now just uh, just living the dream in Texas. Been in Texas about 10 years. Uh, served as church staff here for about 10 years until here recently when I joined National Network. Very cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also, uh, at 16, felt the call to ministry. And I can tell you confidently that a 19-year-old youth minister, Jeff, would have been an absolute train wreck. So I'm glad it was you, <laughs> not me. Uh, but man, that, that, is, that is awesome. Uh, Well, as I mentioned uh, in the intro, uh, we'll be talking about the National Network of Youth Ministries uh, and how collaboration and partnership is something that is not only a healthy option, but something that is personally and professionally needed for effective ministries and youth workers with well-maintained boundaries and soul care. Uh, Kevin and I are both with uh, NNYM, uh, and we're working toward making those characteristics a reality in American youth ministry. Uh, so Kevin, let's go back to when you entered youth ministry uh, and then eventually transitioned into your roles with NNYM. Uh, what were some realities about your vocational youth ministry life that led toward wanting to work for National Network? As a young youth pastor, when I was 19, of course, I was surrounded by my friends in college and seminary. And and so being being part-time on staff and and working in that, I had I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of relationships outside of church. Uh, however, you know, I got married and we moved to Louisiana, and I was in a small town Louisiana uh, place, and and I just really felt alone. 
uh, really felt isolated. And, you know, when you're on staff full time, it, it's really hard to build relationships with, with people in your church, to be honest with them, to be upfront, to develop those close-knit friendships that really know what you're going through as a minister on, on staff at a church. Uh, and so really uh, feeling alone, feeling, feeling just disconnected uh, from people, I really felt the need to reach out um, to other ministers, to other youth pastors in my area, uh, just, just to have some camaraderie. And I, I really go back to the beginnings of being a youth pastor and, and the pastor that trained me uh, man, that was a normal part of his ministry. I mean, we had lunch every day with other ministers in town. Oh, wow. And so I guess, guess it kind of ingrained in my mind, just, you know, we, we need to work together and we need to be on the same team uh, because like National Network, our, our motto is we're better together. So just to realize that I'm not in competition with somebody across town, uh, man, they're on, they're on my team and I'm on their team and we're working together for the same reason. So yeah, man. Uh, lunch every day with people in, in different churches. That is quite a schedule. And that's a really, really cool thing that it's a pretty uh, fair estimate. Uh, I would say that probably a very small percentage, if anyone today has that as part of their um, schedule. So that, that, that is really cool. Um, so when, when you started doing that, um, uh, you know, how, how did you feel about it uh, at at first, where you're like, okay, why are we just meeting with these guys? How come? How come we can't just have lunch with like uh, with, with our guys or anything else? And and how did that uh, kind of develop? And how did you kind of learn and look forward to uh, those conversations? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, as we met together, uh, a lot of them were pastors because my pastor kind of organized that. But early on, uh, but I realized that kind of as a minister on staff, you, you have some of the same struggles, uh, even though it's church to church, yeah. uh, you still struggle with the same things. And it's, it's good to have somebody by your side to say, yeah, I went through that exact same thing. And you know what, it's going to get better, or you can make it through and just to have somebody praying for you. That's, that kind of knows your situation and can kind of help you through that. So. Um, yeah. Very, very cool, man. Uh, that's a really uh, cool example that you had and, Clearly, uh, it led to uh, a big foundational part of your ministry philosophy uh, and being Absolutely. part of National Network. Um, so when people uh, in ministry receive emails and messages from companies and, and organizations, um, you know, they mostly delete them without a glance um, or <laughs> cynically look for whatever they're selling, whether it's a curriculum or whether it's games or whether it's software you know, uh, and I get that because I can't say that I haven't done that several times as well. Um, however, uh, I really think National Network of Youth Ministries is distinct in that we're basically asking people if they know who their neighbor is, right? Yeah. We, we basically want people to know who their youth pastor neighbors are and to encourage one another. Uh, so Kevin, walk us through what it looks like uh, to get involved with National Network and what people can anticipate when they get involved. Yeah, you're spot on. Like our our role is really just, uh, hey, let's look up outside of our bubble, our church bubble, and see who's around us and see who we can work together with. So uh, NNYM has really made it simple. They have a, a great design website, uh, youthworkers.net. You can actually go on there and enter your zip code and it'll give you 
networks that we know of or youth pastors that we know of that are within your area. Hmm. Um, man, and I ran into this when I was in Louisiana. Uh, when I was in that small town, I did the zip code search and I realized there's there's nobody on the website in my area. So that's when I, I mean, there's always somebody within NYM that wants to connect you with somebody. So I contacted the office and I actually came on board in 2004 as a volunteer state coordinator uh, for the national network for the state of Louisiana, uh, just to begin that conversation in the state. So, you know, if, as you go on the website, if there's not a network on there, it's, it's absolutely free. So you can go on there and at least let us know where you're at serving on church staff. Uh, so that we can help you connect. So if we know that you're there, uh, then we can help you connect with somebody in the area, even though you may not see somebody on the website. So at least you know, help us help us know that you're active. Uh, you want to search out. You want to connect with other people in your area, and uh, we'd be more than happy to, to help people connect in that in that way. Uh, so anyway, they go on there. They can create a free profile. Uh, they can search the database for a local network, and at least it'll get you connected and in the works to to begin that uh, process of connecting with somebody in your area. Yeah, very cool. That that's uh, that's exactly how I um, got got started. Is you know I was looking at some some national things, and I thought, hey, this looks pretty cool. I wanted for something in my area, so I uh, looked it up, and um, sure enough, there was a North Dallas group, um, and I made a a profile. Um, and the hardest part, as it is with ministry, is getting involved with relationships. And uh, I have heard stories from from you uh, and a few others about how, you know, there are still several people who um, are just kind of put off by the by the idea of joining together in a regular professional relationship with someone outside of their church. And I'm not sure why that is, you know, with with Fortune 500 companies, I understand that. With the body of Christ broken up into local congregations, I don't really understand that. Um, Kevin, have you, since 2004, I'm, I'm sure you've run across people who either personally kind of share that or people who have shared those stories. You know, um, Maybe what are some of the reasons why you think people just are hesitant to connect that way? And how often do you come across those people or those stories? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been there uh, because, you know, in, in early on in ministry, even when it was, a, if there was another youth pastor in town, I mean, you felt like I've got to be cooler than that guy yeah. or I've got to have the bigger, bigger youth group than that person because I got to, I got to validate myself in this community uh, serving church staff. And I want people in this community to know that, man, I'm the, I'm the best youth minister there is. So, so I, I really believe that a lot of it is in my mind, it was a, it was a competition and to really validate who I am and what God's called me to do that I'm really good at what I do. And then, uh, but later on in ministry, I remember, um, I moved to Stephenville here in Texas 10 years ago and I immediately got plugged into a network here in town and we met monthly and I got to know the other youth pastors in town and know their personalities, uh, know their callings in their life, uh, their, their struggles in ministry. Uh, we prayed together. Uh, we met together. We planned together. And the more I got to know other youth pastors, uh, the more I realized, you know what? We, we are on the same team. And there are so many different personalities in students that if, I mean, we're all kind of kingdom minded to say, you know what, if, if you feel comfortable at, 
at so-and-so's youth group, man, they have got, they're, they're great. I mean, they, they're reaching this group of people and they, they're attracting kind of this person. So you feel like, you know, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of students. And if we're all working together, I mean, if somebody feels comfortable coming to the ministry that God's called me to and another youth pastor across town, uh, we have different ministries. We're all reaching the same people, but we have different ministries and different uh, ways of doing that. And so if, if somebody's attracted to, to what I do, that they may not fit in in another church. And we've got to be comfortable with that. So, I mean, that was something I struggled with. And really, you have to, you have to just realize um, we are on the same team. Uh, we are working together, but that didn't come until I began getting to know the other youth pastors in town. Sometimes we just think about the church across town or the bigger church and man, they must have it all together or, or whatever. And, and we kind of just build a wall. But uh, as I got to know other youth pastors, it really broke down walls and really helped me be more firm in what God's called me to do. You and I recently had a uh, lunch with a, a few guys in the Metroplex, and all of us have a lot of different stories, a lot of different backgrounds, but we share a very similar um, mindset and we share a passion for, hey, how can we uh, let students know that God loves them, that Jesus died for them? But also after that, right? I remember a few different guys at the table talking about, you know, when they accept Christ, that's awesome. But what like there needs to be a next step as part of that, right? If it's just a revival tent that we put up everywhere, God can use that. But if we want to plug them into a church, um, it needs to be something where they're part of the community. And that's a growing community. That's a, that's a group that has accountability. That's a group that has encouragement, long-term lasting effects. Uh, and we need to be able to help each other figure that out. Uh, and I think a really, cool thing that I latch on to um, when I think about uh, working with other youth pastors is schools, right? If you work with or get to know people at churches around your area, uh, there's a very, very high chance that you have students in your ministries who go to the same school. And so uh, if we want to really make an impact on a student's life and have them be able to live out that life for Christ wherever they are, Man, how about you and that other youth pastor focus on that school? You guys go together to football games or to sports events. You have your students around you and you can pray for your campus. You can uh, encourage them to lead Bible studies. Um, see you at the poll, right? There's a lot of different things where people can uh, come together for their campus. And I think if our students see us coming together with other youth pastors as peers, it gives them a great example of how to do that, not with just their Christian friends or their friends from their church, but other believers who are at school who they might not know or might not really fit in their peer group. Um, but when you get to know them, it like what brings us together is way more important than what can separate us. Right. And so yeah. it gives us them a great example of, Hey, we need to come together, not because of uh, pride or ego or showing off what we can do, but really in humility saying, Hey, let's come together um, you you take the lead on this, or you take the lead on the lead on this, and let's do something great for the kingdom at this school. And I think that's a really cool web and strategy of discipleship. That at first, when you think about, hey, reach down to the guy at the other church down the street, it might not seem like it leads to that, or that's the intuitive way to go about making a change on campus. But I think it's an exponential 
way of really growing impact and influence for the kingdom really in your whole area and city. And you're the body of Christ in that regional area, right? And so why don't we partner together and show our students a good example of us saying, you know, it's not about ego or competition. If you go to that church, kind of like you said, great, you know, because I know that they have a really good program for students who are recovering from addiction or students who struggle with things at home or, um, you know, some, some, some things like that. And so I love just the idea of that. And I think that's why I really latched on to wanting to get involved uh, with NMIM. Yeah. And I think that just builds on our vision for, you know, if, if we're, if we consider ourselves missionaries on staff at a church, I mean, it's, it's bigger than filling a space. It's bigger than filling your area. But when you think about how do I reach every student on every campus in my yeah. community? I mean, the vision is so much bigger than you are. And you've got to have other people on your team. You've got to empower students. You've got to empower other youth pastors. I mean, to, to all work together because it's not just about your youth room. It's not just about filling your church. It, it's about kingdom. And it's about reaching every student with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yeah. it, it just creates a bigger vision for me. And, that, and that's, one of our, that's one of our key things in networking. It's not only just not only praying together as youth pastors, not only building a relationship with other youth pastors, but also just, you know, we, we each have our specialties, share resources with one another, but also how do we strategize to reach this community that we're all in with the gospel? And I mean, that, that's what networking is. Yeah, definitely, man. Vision. I like that word yeah. uh, for your, for your community and those students. Um, so, you know, it's, a pandemic world. Uh, it's an online world that's now become more online forcefully, but, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's a realization, I think for many of us that hopefully we have realized that we need each other now more than ever. Uh, and the church needs to stand strong among the waves of culture and opinion. You know, what unites us, as I mentioned earlier, is far more powerful and far more worth investing in than anything that can divide us. Um, so Kevin, how can the national network of youth ministries help youth pastors in this time in our country where there's a lot of fear mongering, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of, you know, I bet some people are basically hopeless, um, for, um, a lot of things when it comes to resolution or finding that abundant life that Jesus mentions. So, uh, how do you think in this time, specifically, how can National Network help some youth pastors out there who, as you mentioned at your first job, you know, I kind of feel alone, you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. out there, I'm trying to do my my best, I have a handful of volunteers, or I'm the only guy or the only girl who's doing it. How can National Network really come alongside and help uh, youth pastors and, and youth workers who are in that situation? I think one thing is just to know that National Network is not a it's not a program to buy. It's not anything else to purchase or to, to be a member. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to work together, but just to know that you are who God's called you to be. And over and over in my life, I've, I go back to what has God called me to be? And am I doing that? Am I doing, am I fulfilling the calling that God has laid on my life? And when, especially during these times, when we're looking at youth ministry and so many things that, that made us 
who we are is kind of what we do. And that we base a lot about who we are based on our performance and yeah. based on our results week to week and mm-hmm. how we are feeling in the room or, or how we are doing that. But now I think it's even more important that we lean on one another as, as youth pastors. Uh, man, the youth are still the future of the church. Uh, there are tons of students to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've got to work together. And I think it's really important uh, to, to latch on to principles like the National Network of Youth Ministry uses just to help one another to reach their full potential in Christ. And it's not just about the fun and games. I mean, you may have draw outreach events that draw people in, but you can't create a youth ministry that's a, a mile wide and an inch deep. You've got to have that longevity. And we found that when youth ministers are part of a local network, their longevity and their tenure at a, at a, a local position goes from 3.9 years to 9.1 year, yeah. uh, years at a location. So, I mean, networking matters. Mm. Um, networking increases your potential at a location. So it's not just enough to say, you know what, I'm going to be at this church for two years or three years. And I'm going to pull out all the fancy stuff that I know how to do and all the cool stuff. And I won't be cool for two years. And then I'm going to pack up my bags and go and do that somewhere else. Uh, but here where I'm at now, I've been here 10 years and it meant so much to see my seventh graders that I had at the beginning graduate out. And now, man, they're friends. Some of them are friends in ministry that's running the ministry and missionaries and doing stuff all around the world. And it's cool to be in a location and to see what am I producing as a minister? Am I producing people that are just going to be church attenders or am I producing life change for them to be life changers? And uh, I mean, your, your impact in a location matters and you're at that spot because God has you there. And uh, to realize you're not alone in this journey, that, that there are other people that God has placed around you that are part of your team and want to be part of your team. Uh, even if it's at another church. So um, yeah, we are better together. I mean, we are. Yeah, absolutely. I love that statement, uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. You yeah. know, uh, I feel like that can speak widely to a lot of things in our world and, and culture as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. where when you really get involved and, and look at what's behind someone's statements or someone's beliefs or someone's lifestyle, it really is unfortunately, especially, you know, kind of in a social media filtered world about flash, about first appearance, about this is how I want things to look. And that means that it's healthy and it's good. But, you know, uh, you uh, mentioned uh, that, you know, we tend to value ourselves based on how much we get recognition or get results um, at at work. And um, another uh, big reason why uh, NNYM really uh, was um, drawing to to me was the idea of soul care, um, which I've talked about several times on this podcast. And um, you know, the the uh, example of coming together with other youth pastors for your students, not just for programming or camps or things like that, which are valuable um, in many ways, but also you know, just personally, we need to realize that we are not our work, um, that we are loved children of, of God made in his image. And uh, if we were to quit tomorrow or get fired next week or not really have any results that, that we expect 
um, in, the, in the ongoing uh, weeks and, and months that we are still loved as much. Um, we are still as valuable, um, not just to God, but to the church and the kingdom. Um, and there are a lot of uh, things about being a human being, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, as well as, of course, spiritually that uh, needs um, attention. And so we need to be able to have margin. We need to be able to be in the word, not just for prepping for a lesson, but really just for self edification. Uh, We need to rest. (laughs) Uh, We need to make sure and prioritize um, time with family, uh, time with friends. Um, And I think that's, that, that kind of shatters an image that I had as a student for my youth pastors and leaders is that 24 seven, they were just Jesus guy, right? Like they were always on and whatever else. And a lot of them like really kind of were, but uh, it's, I think it's also good for them to see you kind of kick back and relax and realize like, this isn't just a mode or a persona or a, or a mask, right? This is a lifestyle. And, and part of that is being able to have fun and relax. And you don't have to talk about theology all the time. You don't have to talk about, you know, uh, pizza and Marvel movies and whatever. Like if you want to go out and just fish and not say anything for a few hours, awesome. You know, if you want to just be able to go have fun with your family and say, Hey, you know, I won't be there for, um, a a few weeks. Um, so can you guys handle lessons, everything? I think that that's good because it gives, um, students and maybe even your, your small group leaders uh, in a, an authentic picture of, you know, uh, this isn't just a switch that I flip and it's also not just an all the time, always on thing. This is an ongoing lifestyle where, you know, I'm also in, in, in uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And uh, you know, I need encouragement. I need prayer, right? I, I'm still growing spiritually. I don't have it all together. And I think, I think that was a yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I think it was ahead. a big part in, in in my ministry. Just um, a few years ago, uh, year nineteen in my youth ministry, uh, I was here on the staff of the church, and I just became aware of why I was doing what I was doing, and I began to ask the question: Why? Why do I do what I do? Hmm. And why do I live like I live and make the decisions that I, I do? And uh, a lot of it went back to kind of people's expectations and I didn't, didn't, didn't want to disappoint people. And, uh, honestly I had to come to a self-realization of do, do I love God? And, um, I had to learn really how to, how to love God again. Mm. Uh, just, I mean, I was in ministry, I was on church staff and I did this in front of my students. Just, you know, do I love God? Am I doing what I do because I have a growing loving relationship with Jesus Christ, or am I doing this because I need to feel validated in my life and feel like I don't want to disappoint other people? And so it was really important for me to really stop, um, just wipe the slate clean and say, you know what, I need to focus on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's going to become first. And then Jesus' model of just investing in, in a few people and uh, kind of just taking them along the journey. And it changed everything. Um, you know, I, I could do youth ministry. I could pull off a D now. I could plan our own camps. I could do all that stuff. But man, in the end, I mean, we experienced God, but I mean, it wasn't lasting uh, until 
I personally um, made a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to love God. And you can't pass on what you don't have. And because of that, it impacted majorly in my life and in the lives of the students that were in my youth ministry. Very cool, man. Yeah, that's that's a that's a brave thing to uh, talk about. And, you know, um, a lot of people in that same position uh, would probably maybe realize that, but then just push through, right? Put their head down and, yeah. and keep going because uh, it's, it's, uh, it can get confusing uh, when your work um, is preaching the gospel and showing uh, students an, an example through lessons and videos and everything else and, and programming about how to walk a spiritual life. And um, it can almost, uh, in a distorted way, kind of become a, a product <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. we're selling. Yeah. Um, and in, in, in some ways, our work can even become an, an idol. Even though it's quote-unquote holy work, it can become the actual effort and presentation of it and structuring of it um, can, you know, kind of probably as, as you realized to the detriment of your own spiritual walk, you know, just become kind of an idol and become a focus of this is who I am and what I need to do. Um, and then when you realize that instead of pouring out from what God is overflowing in your own heart, you are giving from an empty tank and just trying to make it go, you know, mm-hmm. pu- pushing that car up the hill instead of being in and being filled and, and going yeah. where God has you, has you going. Um, that's a very hard lesson. And I feel like that can also be just a, a, a dead end wall that, that leads people on a path straight out of ministry and maybe even away from the church. And so, um, you know, that's, that's a huge reason why uh, we need each other for uh, encouragement to reach students but also for soul care and just the idea of when you hit that wall, when you hit that realization, you have people who are in ministry around you, who are experienced, who you already have a relationship with, who can be there when you're asking those questions that maybe students or other people were like, would be like, you're a Christian, you're a longtime minister. How how could you be asking or how could you be doubting? Right. And it's like, uh, we're all in need of the gospel, right? Uh, I think of Paul. This is one of my favorite um, stories and, and examples of, you know, no matter where we are in our walk and our season of, of life and ministry or being uh, a, a believer in Christ, you know, Paul, after at least a decade, if not like 13 to 15 years in ministry, um, when he came, to a, a city he he uh, gathered some people who were close friends around and he preached the gospel and asked them like hey is this the same gospel am i still on track right this is the, the apostle paul okay and he needed affirmation and encouragement with you know am i still on track is it is this the same gospel um is this still is this still real? Does Jesus still want me to do this? You know, he appeared to me on the road, but am I still doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. Uh, John the Baptist from, from prison sent his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the Messiah? John the Baptist who baptized Jesus. And so, um, you know, when we hold up uh, our youth pastors or people in ministry as infallible uh, people who are always on for, 
uh, what, what God is doing. Um, you know, that, that is a belief in a Christian culture, not following Jesus, because when you follow people instead of our savior, uh, you will get burned because that person, no matter how educated, no matter how experienced they, they are in some way will falter or fail and they should be received with, with grace and encouragement and prayer when that happens. Not, oh, well, I guess all the other stuff you said was, was fake, right? Um, it, you know, there needs to be a good culture of grace for our own growth and our own life and our own health. Um, and I think that authentic example, you know, is a real ministry and a real great thing for students to see and for other youth pastors in the area as part of your, your network and your team to be encouraged by to say, Hey, you know, I know we do this with our students every week, but sometimes we need to do it, um, and encourage what one another as we do ministry. And that's fine. And that's actually needed and necessary. Yeah. And a lot, the life change in my life was just, it was because somebody walked with me. I didn't do that alone. Discovering loving God, like somebody walked with me through that. Like, so I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm getting on the right track now and they were coaching me along. So, I mean, you gotta have, we gotta have each other. Gotta have each other for sure, man. Uh, well, man, Kevin, this was a great discussion. So glad you could join yeah. me. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, tell us about the places online where people can connect with you. Uh, I know you're still trying to raise some, um, some support uh, and how people uh, can, can help you out with that. So what are some of those ways and places online where people can do that? Yeah, I have a staff page, nnym.org slash Kevin Miles. And uh, I mean, that'll, that's the easiest way to get connected with me. My giving portal's on there. You can sign up for uh, kind of my monthly newsletter or email me from that website. Uh, kmiles at nnym.org is my email. But love to connect with youth ministers. We're working to create just a, a great network across our, our state and region. Uh, Jeff, with you in the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth metro area, newly as our coordinator, I've uh, got another guy coming on board as a Texas state coordinator and just working on uh, Texas specifically, uh, but also Louisiana, New Mexico, Colorado is also uh, within my region. So just working on uh, getting, connecting people across all the regions. So, yeah. Very cool, man. Uh, well, thank you again. And I'll be praying for you uh, that you can get all of your support uh, as you travel and make and make new connections, especially in this time of covid and uh, i'll be here in the dfw area working with you and rooting for you and man let's uh let's reach some youth pastors so we can reach students and help youth pastors stay healthy and stay plugged in thanks a lot kevin thank you thanks for having me that concludes today's episode thanks again to kevin for joining me i have the link for his national network website in the show notes i encourage you to check it out Support him in prayer, and if you feel led, support him financially so he can meet his goal and effectively help others stay plugged into ministry. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And I encourage you to share this episode with anyone in ministry who is looking for ways to connect, uh, to be professionally helped and encouraged as well as personally so we can all stay in ministry longer and healthier to make sure we invest well in the next generation. Finally, uh, I encourage you to check out my episode next week. Uh, It is my election day episode 
and it will be my interview with Dr. Daryl Bach from Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, We talk about his newest book, Cultural Intelligence, which is available now wherever you purchase books. Uh, We talk about how to engage others well in conversation, how to listen, all the levels that are involved when we are engaged with someone, and how to keep a relationship and to make sure that we understand the importance of the gospel of grace and knowing that the church has withstood so many things over the centuries and we are better together, as I was reminded of when I talked to Kevin. And next week, we definitely need to remember that as we start this arduous process of figuring out who our next president is. So I hope you can catch that episode next week. And until then, adios. Adios.